Geek Shock. Geek Shock. Let's sing the grand old lie away. Yo ho, yo ho, yo ho. Our love is stronger every day. Yo ho, yo ho, yo ho. So come along and join the throng. Several hundred thousand strong. As you come to sing the song, yo ho, yo ho, yo ho. Press the button. Uh, there you go. Press the button, you just Frank. watch the nuke. There you go. <laughs> Patient. <laughs> oh my God. How time is it? Oh, you, I don't it's, deserve it's anywhere late. near that power. It's silly time. That's what time it is. Oh, dude. Yeah, this we're starting this one late. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sorry about Sorry, that. Sorry. That, hey, that's all right. We're Twelve okay. hours ago. No, twenty-four hours ago, I was tearing apart a, a carnival booth in a rainstorm. So you know. <laughs> Did, did it, okay. Did it run longer than you anticipated? Because I thought you said you were going to be gone for ten days, and then the fair was eleven were, days. The fair was eleven days. Yeah. Okay. All right. Before we get into fair story, welcome, folks, to Geek Shock number four hundred and fifty-two. I am Master Torgo. Eighties Jeff. Commander K. Oh, I reckon I must be fact checked, Andy. Then I reckon. Yeah. Maple Leaf Matt. And we're to talk week and geek. All right. <laughs> Brainstorm teardown of the Carney life. Yeah, it was exciting. So uh, yeah, the rain started about uh, about an hour before we shut down for the thing, and we go, oh, let's see how bad this is going to be. It was pretty damn bad by the time it was done. So we washed all you dirty. Literally, we were tearing down the tent and just stay in the pouring rain. Yes, welcome to Midwest rainstorm. Oh yeah, yeah, it was just <laughs> pounding on us. But yeah, it only took us about two hours to break down all three booths, so yeah, wasn't too bad. So, you make me feel so much better about my horrible eating habits. Yeah, my word. <laughs> Yeah. What was your favorite thing that you ingested in that whole that would fried be the, adventure? Uh, that would be, uh, uh, for sweet, it was the uh, um, uh, apple egg roll, which was amazing. Oh, I've had those. They're Des- pretty good. Describe the apple egg roll. Sort of like an apple pie in egg roll form Ooh. with caramel dipping sauce. Yes, please. It's yeah. essentially like, uh, it's like the old McDonald's fried pies. Or like the yeah. current caramel empanada over at... Uh, Taco Bell? No, the caramel empanada at, M- at Taco Bell does not hold a candle to uh, what he's talking about, okay. the egg rolls. It's much different. It's a different type of dough. They wrap that in. Um, it's a lighter when when it goes into the, the oil and gets fried, so it's a lot crispier than the... Yeah. The, now, that's not to say the caramel apple empanadas at Taco Bell are not bad. Okay. It's just this is a completely different beast and it's much better i start talking carny food and you start breaking down fast food epicurely epicure wow it's what we word. know it's, it's what crazy. we live and what we know but yeah as far as savory the first thing i had was the uh bacon wrapped uh, rib oh that me, looked yeah, you, incredible oh, it you was have amazing me a big. bacon wrapped <laughs> rib <laughs> yeah yeah as okay. i posted uh yeah i heard you like pigs so put some pig on your pig wow yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh yes, Lisa, I'm, magical animal. <laughs> All right. So you, where, where exactly were you working? I was in Iowa State Fair because nothing compares to the Iowa State Fair. Is that the official tagline? Official. Th- and there's a T-shirt that I think it's a bootleg of a silo and two round things. It's you know very phallic. <laughs> nice. I saw it once, but yeah. Does anything? And then I look co- for it. Does anything compare? Yeah, it's only the third largest, but it's pretty impressive. It's it's kind of like the quintessential fair. It's like everything you. Yeah, I I assumed that Wilbur was around there somewhere. You know, ah. I expected spiders to be well, some pig. All all those Midwest fairs. Yeah. Are- it's, they're very similar. They're the, fantastic. The, the carnival I, aspect was pretty small. There was only one uh, fun house, and it was one I'd already seen in Florida. I think it was. Okay. The, I think it was the very same one. The painting looked the same. Okay. Well, more than likely. Yeah. <laughs> That's. 
Oh, Jesus. You know you've been doing it when you're like, oh, yeah, I recognize that. I saw that fun house. And, you know. Oh, no. Celestia was like, when she was doing this heavy, she went and was fascinated with the artwork. And she started tracking it down and asking about it. And finally, she says, oh, yeah, that's, that's Johnny. He's over there. And she went over and found the guy who painted all the things. Oh, wow. Yeah, she put. I'll, I'll find it. She did a great post about it. I'll have her post it on the lair. But, um, yeah, Fair Life is good. It's just uh, this was much, much harder than Miami in some ways. The people of Iowa are the nicest people in the world. All right. Sweet as can be. Okay. To your face. Yes, to your face. Exactly. <laughs> um, but that fair has no pause. That is 11, 12, 13, 15 hours a day. For eleven days straight, just event after event, you're just you're just there. Tractor pulls and oh no no, and, and, and nail drives. Sitting in the chair, I, I drew 135 faces the last two days. Wow, damn, <laughs> hundred drew and painted 135 faces. Wow, yeah. So you're like rolling in dough right now, huh? All uh, right. Well, you know, going rolling in bills too, but it helps. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So 135 in the last two days. How many would you say you did for the whole time? I. I don't think I did less than 40 on a day, and most of the times I'm doing 40 or 50. And it was 11 days straight, so. Of caricature a, art. Yep. So you did probably 600-ish? That sounds good. I'll, I'll believe your math. I'm, I, I, I can't math. Probably a conservative estimate, but I'm yeah. just guessing based on 11 days and then doing the 100 and... Was the way, the way I keep track of it, I actually could save the, the next time I do it, I'm, which I'm doing it in a couple months. Have like a clicker? Well, yeah. No, I actually have. I, I, that's, that's how I keep track of the sales is I little hash marks. So I, uh, huh. uh, I can just save those sheets and I'll do a count next time. I can tell you how many I did. I'm a curious man. Yeah. What's the weirdest thing you saw at the fair? Ooh, that's, that's a loaded tough. question. It uh, is a loaded question. Are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> it is a mid. It is a Midwest oh. fair. I yes. mean, I've been to Kansas, Missouri, and Oklahoma State fairs. Was there anyone walking their girlfriend on a dog leash? No, there oh, was okay. not. No. Yeah, I was gonna say that's probably. It was, not it a, was a little conservative <laughs> there. I, I didn't see anything quite that weird at all. Every now and I see pink hair and go ooh ooh. Well, but uh, <laughs> there was one woman I was drawing who was all tatted up and kind of cool looking. It seemed sort of uh, more of my tribe than than Iowa, and we were a little little edgy, a little uh, weird. And uh, it but turned I think out fact that fact check Andy, I think edgy. Yeah, yeah. I was just thinking that edgy. No, <laughs> edgier than Iowa. <laughs> that's, that's, that's my hashtag. Hashtag edgier than Iowa. Um, <laughs> but it turned out my conservative booth mate had, had actually uh, had a tryst with her at some point. So it was because he was he's a local boy. All right. Any other weird happenings? I didn't. I missed the mutton busting, but I heard about it. Uh, oh, that's that's the young kids' rodeo. Yeah, where they're riding on sheep. Yes. Uh, I saw a th- over three thousand pound bull, and uh, oh. over thousand pound hog. All right. Yeah. Sounds uh, like a good barbecue to me. That was the the giant testicles. Yes, yeah. the basketball sized testicles. I'm sorry. Jesus. Well, big hog has big balls, and he that's that, that's how I heard from about behind. it. Yeah. Oh, and I missed this. <laughs> I didn't see this either. Yeah. I saw a lot of fried food, but no hog balls. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> were that's, they flaming hog balls? I, yeah. That's how I heard they about the hog inflamed. in the first place. That was, a, I over- that, was, that was a deep dive movie quote. I doubt if anybody will get that one. <laughs> I uh, I overheard somebody talking about. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Hog had basketball. I had bad. Uh, had a. Bowling ball sized balls. I'm like, what? So, you know, I found that hog eventually. Wow. Yeah. A thousand pound hog. Yeah. Wow. That is something you have How, to share. Like, like 
how far off the ground was it? Three, four. It, it was feet? laying on the ground, so oh, it was laying tell. on the ground. Okay. Well, on the ground, how far did it raise off? About uh, three feet. The testicles were about, I'd say, uh, seven, eight <laughs> no, inches. No, I above. meant the hog <laughs> itself, not the hog balls. <laughs> Probably a foot and a half, two feet. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I was working all the time. I, the only time I saw anything was walking between the booths or walking, you know, walking to grab uh, some sort of awful deep fried food. Awful. Oh, that and that and my, uh, my, my carny diet failed me this time because this time our trailer was like 20 minutes away. We had to walk, walk through the car, through a campground because we weren't embedded in the middle of the fairground. So we had to walk down, from, down the hill from the campground to get to work so i couldn't just dodge back to the trailer to grab good food so i had to eat everything in the fair so wow. everything i ate was fair food for otherwise you're trudging uphill uh, and and, and Both lose, ways. losing about an hour's worth of work because it takes me yeah, 20 minutes yeah yeah plus fair food let's right. be let's be honest fair food is some of the best food on the planet can be yeah bacon wrapped rib yes the bacon wrapped rib right next to us was a. I didn't shop. I didn't go there much because they were expensive, and also sometimes they gave us their leftover food, so I didn't have to. Uh, but there oh, was a nice. bacon wrapped place next to us. Had bacon wrapped hot dogs and bacon wrapped chicken, and uh, you can bacon wrap stuff well. The bacon wrapped yes. stuff I had in Miami was not. I had a bacon wrapped oh. chicken, bacon wrapped Cajun chicken, and uh, that wasn't good. No, because they did something with the baking product. because it's deep fried. Yes, that's it. They deep fried it, and so they they sort of sealed in the bacon, so it was not it didn't have any crisp, it didn't have any uh, cook to it. Oh, okay. It's kind of it's kind of chewy bacon. Yeah. Oh, the bacon was inside the chicken. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that's that's terrible. You got to cook it before you put it in there if you right. want it to. It was, yeah. it was wrapped around the chicken, breaded, then deep fried. Yeah, because nope. that gets just gets chewy. Yeah. yeah breaded bacon. Yes. I, oh, I think that's the weirdest thing I had. Welcome uh, to America, folks. I had the Rocky Mountain <laughs> oysters. Uh yes, did Rocky you know? Mountain I did. And How were they? Your thoughts on the delicacy? Sorry. A bit nutty, perhaps. It tasted <laughs> nice, <laughs> stringy, veiny. Was it veiny? <laughs> no, uh, it was chewy. It was just tasted like deep fried breading. Apparently, I, I shared them with one of my uh, coworkers who had good ones and said, "Yeah, these are these aren't terribly good. These are all, all they did was they." Deep fried uh, bull testicles, basically. It's just, it was like a piece of deep fried skin. Hmm. That sounds uh, good. Actually. Chicken skin yeah. bean bag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just envisioned a bull walking up to you. Where are my balls, Andy? Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the sign on the on the booth had a had a picture of a bull going. I still got mine. <laughs> well, then what am I eating? Exactly. <laughs> I just the the sweetbreads are the one thing I've never been able to bring uh, myself to try. I'm not sure they had that. Apparently, in well, previous sweet, sweet years, breads is the testicles. Yeah. Oh no, sweetbreads also intestines and stuff too. Oh, okay. And liver and stuff. Um, I've had that. Apparently, in previous years they had deep fried butter, but they've they've don't had didn't have that anymore. I think I can give that one a pass. Yeah, and uh, everything was on a stick. I had myself a salad on a stick. Finally, I saw that. Isn't that just called a shish kebab? <laughs> Pretty much. All right, yeah. but it wasn't deep fried. <laughs> And I had egg on a stick. They had uh, there was a place that was giving out free, they had free eggs, so I could have like just eaten free eggs all day. That one weirded me out. I will say, mm. <laughs> it's I, I wouldn't egg. want to have been around you if you were eating eggs all day long. <laughs> <laughs> that just trailer must have been. Oh yeah. Oh, and your bed situation. Oh, it was the same bed that, I had in Miami, pretty much. That that was. That was just like Des- wow. Describe the bed situation. It's just like a military bunk, except you know, it, the reason we're in a horse trailer is because they built their own. Sleeping arrangements, because when the fair is done, 
those things fold up against the wall and the entire booth gets thrown in the same place you're sleeping in. All right. So that those beds are against the wall and there is no there was no place to lay down the last day, even if I wanted to run back to the trailer. Oh wow. Yeah. So yeah, how it, how long did you work that last day? Well how long fifteen total? hours the last day. Damn. Jesus. Well, fifteen Christ. hours drawing and then two hours of breaking on the booth. Double damn. Yeah. And then in the rain, it was really funny because so you were making less than minimum wage on your last day that you were there. Um, no, probably hours. probably not because I'm getting paid by the drawing. So I was I did, last day was very nice. Yeah, I uh, I'm <clears throat> fucking up on a project and I'm crushed by a deadline, and so I'm working furiously in the morning. I I was I was so out of it. I woke up late. And missed my physical therapy appointment. So I roll out of bed and I'm like setting up my computer. And it's like uh, 10.10. And I'm supposed to pick up Andy at 1. So I text and I just say, hey, buddy. Because he said, if there's any problem, let me know. I'll figure something out. And I said, buddy, I'm I'm getting crushed on this deadline. Can you you, uh, get another way home? He responded fairly quick. Yeah, I'll figure something out. And I was like, oh, I must have caught him before he took off. But you actually landed like at around 1030 or something. Yep. And so it was <laughs> he came in three and a half, two and a half, three, three and a half hours early or earlier than expected or. Which, Did you fly uh, Concord? Like, what it was fuck? crazy. Yeah. <laughs> no, I just misread the ticket. Oh. It's like <laughs> yeah, that, that's a common theme in the uh, the Taylor household. Oh. <laughs> 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 well. hey, at least I know what plane I was getting on. <laughs> <laughs> so you've heard this whole story. Then. Oh, yes. oh I, I, I gave him the lowdown. God Almighty! <laughs> what other geeky things you do this week, gentlemen? I can't even begin to approach that, so I'm not even gonna try. <laughs> it's not a contest. It's what you enjoy. <laughs> I have discovered this really, I mean, we all know that there are weird genres on Kindle, on Amazon. Yes, <clears> yes, there <throat> are. But I've discovered. Some, of, the, some of them unseat political candidates. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> I, uh, I found this weird, weird one. I was looking around, and I just wanted to see if there was any kind. Uh, they're not really doing Dungeons and Dragons novels. They're not doing right. RPG right now. And so I was like, maybe there's some fanfic and, you know, maybe one out of a hundred, you'll find somebody who does a good job. I was just looking around. I ended up on Kindle and discovered Lit RPG. Lit RPG. Lit RPG is literary RPG. And it is fantasy stories. It can actually be any number of genres, but fantasy stories written narratively to reflect the tropes and cliches of RPGs, either tabletop or video. So you're actually getting into something where it's literally like Joe Schmo from real world ends up in a game world and actually has to start doing it's It's very ready player one-ish. <clears throat> it can be either a VR computer type thing or the one I'm reading 
is actually a guy who was picked up by a god and thrown into the game world. Sir, you are wise to the fireball spell. <laughs> how, how come this? And it actually is a lot like that. The, the guy actually gets little drop-down menus, and he, you know, he levels up. And the way this guy's approaching it, it's actually kind of amusing. It's sort of a, a take on computer RPG games. So, you know, congratulations, you have gone up a level, you have now earned, you know, and then he, like, applies his points, and then he interacts with this, this you know, fantasy culture. Uh, he still interacts with creatures and, and beings and stuff as he, like, learns to fight, gains friends, stuff like that. So the world building is a little interesting. The writing is, you know, it's self-published writing. This guy could use an editor, but he's actually not hugely bad. But while I was doing that, I stumbled across a subgenre oh. of lit RPGs. The harem genre. What? Have you wow. ever heard what? of harem books? I don't believe I have. Do tell. Apparently, this is literally a genre of male protagonist has at least two kick-ass really bitchin female companions and it's a menage the girls love him they can't resist they can't resist him and he totally hooks up with them and at the same time runs around being a hero i was noticing a whole bunch of uh fantasy and then I noticed there's tons of genres. There's harem superhero. There's harem noir. There's harem horror. I mean, it's just These are like, all Larry Sue novels, aren't they? It, it, it's, 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 it's weird. It's weird. And the thing that was getting the biggest laughs out of me were the, the author's pen names. Nobody was using their real names. Imagine kind, that. Kind of, kind huh. of weird. Can't imagine. <laughs> but probably my favorite was uh oh shit i gotta make sure i get there you got there's one guy who kind of sums it all up he's stewart gross <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh the guy i'm reading right now this isn't harem this is just lit rpg is aleron kong and he actually is apparently well regarded he's really popular he's got a bajillion five-star ratings on his books and stuff. He's got six or seven books out. It's really kind of crazy. Wow. First time hearing of this, too. Oh, no. Dude, I totally... I never, ever heard of it before. I'm not buying. I'm not paying money for the harems, but I did download samples. Oh, and, okay. Uh, oh, are we getting to get a dramatic reading? Uh, well, I don't... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Where's Professor Biggs when we need him to do the gold, the gold uh, bloom? Should we, do, should we save that for him, Professor Big? Oh uh, yeah, we could actually. <laughs> it it, it uh, Hondo Jinx. Hondo Jinx. That's Hondo the, Jinx. The author is the author of Dan the Barbarian. Okay. Mm. Now it's really funny because the premise is actually kind of cool. There's a guy plays RPGs. It starts off with them playing a D and D game. Actually, it's Towers and Trolls. And he stumbles into something in the library that releases a genie. And the genie gives him one wish. And the genie is actually pretty well written. The genie is actually kind of funny. 
And he's like, one wish, I don't. And he's like, come on, get your wish. Like, uh, well, I don't I do not do it, make your wish now. Buddy, I'm going to leave. You're not going to get it. Like, I, I, I want my life to be like a TNT game. And the genie's like, done, I got to go. And the guy walks out, and all of a sudden, he's still, the, he's, he's a student at Penn State. Okay. He's still on campus, but it's kind of gone Hogwartish. Everyone's wearing blue and white. The Nittany Lions is still the mascot, but you got guys walking around shirtless with swords and axes strapped to their backs. You got really hot girls uh, walking around, uh, you know, and you, people are practicing their sorcery, and he's got magic classes and stuff. And this guy's writing actually isn't all that bad. His dialogue is, is actually kind of clever. And the prose overall, it, it's kind of funny. There's the superhero one. Where, where's the one I really want to... Um, my, my favorite... I love that you uh, have a favorite already. Yeah, pseudonym. Oh, okay. Is oh, for okay. the story... Where the fuck? Uh, I didn't buy any of these. Hell of a title. Favorite. Uh, where the fuck? Well, here, uh. this isn't my favorite, but we have Neil Bimbo. Okay. B-I-M-B-E-A-U. Jesus Christ. And he writes the Princess Tamer series. Of course he does. Um, Princess Tamer, I like it. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> and it's, uh, oh, why isn't it coming up? No. Aren't these basically the gore books? And it's, that's one of the hilarious, oh, dude, the Hondo Jinx is very self-aware because at one point he describes the guy running into someone and dropping his book bag and his homework. Uh, some candy wrappers and a dog-eared copy of Raiders of Gore t- tumbled out. Uh-huh. So the guy is extremely self-aware uh, writing this. Mm. Um, you haven't found anything by Armando Capybara. <laughs> <laughs> that would yeah. Uh, that doesn't sound like that'd be fun. Here we go. I'm offended. Uh, well, okay. <laughs> yeah, he don't care. Gamer of Thrones. Okay. By Grim. Martin. I fucking love it. That's cute. That is awesome. Grim Martin. Sure. It was just fantastic. What a what a name. I, I just I, I just gotta, Yeah, hand it to that one. That's a good one. Yeah. And then you got like Stephen Fury and you know, eh. But uh yeah. Oh, um and uh Aaron Crash. These are, you know, some interesting names. But Grim Martin. And that, Hondo Jinx. Hondo Jinx. Yeah, but uh, Al, Aleron Kong actually seems to... He's good enough, he put his own picture up. Whoa. Because all the other guys have kind of like cartoon <laughs> avatar <laughs> of course. pictures. Yes. But uh, it, it, it was really funny. And discovering the harem was just like, what in the... And then I thought, of course, you know, people talking about Sasquatch porn and everything. And it's like, well, yeah, of course. It's out there. This is. It's just. Yeah, there's, and, there's and a, the harem stuff just sounds basically like 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 seventies, eighties Heinlein to me. It 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 sound <laughs> it sounds like fourteen year old kid D and D fantasy. So Heinlein in the you 70s know he and gets 80s. he gets a couple of uh, <laughs> a hot chick girlfriends, but they're kick ass, and you go off and you have adventures and right wrongs and shit. And there's one. It's really funny. The cover blurb. The guys like. I've got a world to save. The first thing I got to do is get my team of five women all uh, in sync and organized. And, you know, it, it just, all right. Oh, my. So, 
it, it it's 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 funny. It's weird. So, but the lit RPG, I was looking at a couple because that there, there's one lit RPG I have read. Aha! Whoa! It's it was really good too. Uh, Robert Bevan, B E V E N, that's the name. Uh, the series is called Caverns and Creatures, but you'll know the first book because it's just called D Six. Nice mm. and very clever, and, and it's that whole group gets transported to the world of D&D. Mm-hmm. Name something else to avoid copyright issues. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So then it's the whole uh, and it's and it's dra- the dragons whole and dungeons. <clears throat> I don't know. <laughs> the guy who's really into it, the guy who really doesn't want to play, the really clever for his own good slob, and the one guy's sister and his boyfriend that want nothing to do with the game, they all get transported by magical dungeon master mm-hmm. in, in a fast food chicken joint. It's Yeah. Now, there was there was <laughs> To use this phrase, mainstream fantasy, commercial fantasy, there was an author, Joel Rosenberg, who wrote the Guardians of the Flame series. And that I was... I think I have it over here somewhere. <laughs> yeah, that one is actually a group of people get sent into a game world. And uh, and it's actually a real... It's, it, it's a high-level science fiction fantasy approach because it's, it's, it's these people who are from Earth... Who are trying to cope with being in a game world, and it's not fun. It's brutal. It's harsh. You know, it kind of layers on that kind of thing. So D six is the opposite. It's fun. They realize when the dungeon master is twisting the rules on them while they're in the game world, Mm -hmm. and are petitioning him as a god to fix things. That's the interesting conceit of these stories: is how they play. With uh, with you know interacting with rules and stuff, so it uh, it it's 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 weird. It's weird. Oh, and Brian Keane's Lost Level. Hmm. That's kind of uh, kinda. Yeah, kinda. There was a comic book called Empire Lanes that was turning that turning that concept on the head. That was a D and D party uh, transported to our world essentially. Oh, uh, I think I've heard of that. Yeah, yeah, and there is now. Uh, Patrick Rothfuss of uh, uh, In the Name of the Wind fame yes. is uh, Kingslayer is writing Rick and Morty go to D and D. Oh, that's wow. right. I, I I really want to read that. Yes, my God. Yes. Oh, Marty, roll the dice. <coughs> Something like that. It's actually yeah. Uh... So that was what I was discovering. I love um, this discovery. Oh, it's it, dude. That it's... that's better than Carney Life. That... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly better on my my, my body. (laughs) The world of weird-ass genres on Kindle. Holy crap. It's something. Yeah. And some some of the samples I read were shit. I was like... Warhammer 40K books because, you know, Black Library. So fucking... Mm. (laughs) (laughs) I I love your hate on for the Black Library I would love for there to be a 40K uh, a riff. A lit RPG Warhammer. 40K harem? No. No, no, no. I had four sexy liches. It would be like Dark Eldar or something. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Peeling Jesus. your face off. Wearing it. Jesus. <laughs> you know, we started talking about it last week. We never really got to Kill Team. We brought it up, and then we got derailed. That's fine. On something on there. What? What happened? How did we get derailed? I don't know. Who would derail a Warhammer 40K Who conversation? the hell? Look so at this guy really over here. To- why is everybody looking yeah, at me? Jeff. That's right. Hey, Jeff. 
you probably right, so, brought the pillow, tried to imitate Andy. So the big release this last month from Games <laughs> Workshop is a game called Kill Team. Yes. It is a Warhammer adjunct game. It is a skirmish game, which means that you don't have to spend hundreds of dollars to buy army figures and paint them. Your team is only like fi- a six man, five, five man. to 15 tops. Uh, and up to four players on a single map, and it and it's very very objective driven. No squad cohesion. Each one can go off and do their own thing if you want. Yes. Yeah. So much. I guess it's like what's the Star Wars miniatures games you guys play? Imperial Empire Assault? Assault. Imperial Assault. Yeah. So wow. it's Warhammer's Imperial version Assault. of Imperial Assault, basically. Yes, I would say yeah. So if you are ever considering Warhammer, but like no fucking way i'm not spending that much for something i'm not sure i like kill team is now the uh first taste of marijuana before you go on to heroin (laughs) and i believe the box comes with two forces or squads and also a little map with terrain right and the the full instruction book yes wow that's that's pretty good for warhammer because there's something about that game uh, the Warhammer Fantasy RPG, the latest uh, edition that they put out, was a $100 boxed starter set. <laughs> That's they, your starter set. They know set. what they're doing. <laughs> That's what they do. Oh, my God. It was funny. I played Warhammer uh, RPG like 30 years ago. It, oh, was, wow. it was actually cool. Oh, the Rogue Trader days of uh, life. Anything yep. else you do this week, guys? Uh, I went to a gaming shop. I'm trying to find the name of it. Uh, In I Iowa? Avengers Infinity? Yeah. <laughs> Holy crap. Yeah, I, we had, we had, I got there a day before the event. Uh, we had to buy some parts and stuff, and we were running around. I, uh, I think it was Mayhem Comics. It was, it was pretty impressive. If not... Good on you, Mayhem Comics, whoever you are. Right. You didn't have to dodge any tornadoes while you were there. <laughs> no, no tornadoes. There was a hell of a thunderstorm one night, but no tornado. Um, no, it was a great shop. It had uh, gaming stuff, comic stuff, uh, vinyl. had a gaming area. It had a whole bunch of uh, collectible toys. And it had a uh, right in the front uh, disc golf section. It was just like really everything. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Disc golf kind of threw me for a loop. I mean, vinyl disc already golf threw did, me for but... a loop, too. Yeah, roop. Roop. For a root. Crew me for a root. Yeah. I also uh, went to uh, a couple um, uh, Goodwill places, you know, the thrift store kind of places, and I found this shirt, which I'm going to walk over and show to Matt. This, the shirt you're wearing? Yep. Yeah, you yeah, might want to take the, uh, first. your headphones yeah, off thank you. Thank you. and your mic. And why I, are you I, coming over to me? I'm oh, my so God. I'm so glad. You're showing off a shirt uh, on an America. audio <laughs> podcast. I know, <laughs> I know right? <laughs> You're going to walk over on the audio <laughs> podcast. I thought Matt would pick up the slack and, and describe it, but he doesn't. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, a, no, no, no. It's a bunch of flowers on his Hawaiian shirt with very subtle Captain, Captain America, America shields. shields. Yeah. Thank you, Jeff, for Thanks. cluing now, I wonder. Else I wonder, were those added af- on that shirt? You no, think, this, or? Is a, this is a Marvel shirt. It's a, there's a label that says Marvel. Yeah, hmm. Torgo got me a uh, Deadpool um, Hawaiian shirt before oh, I, I went on, before I went on my cruise that, last year. Those are Hawaiian shirts I might actually wear. I didn't know they made these. I didn't I had no oh, idea. I, I, them. I didn't. How much either. was that? Uh, four dollars, two dollars, two dollars is half off. Half off a thrift store finds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's they. Like, um, you know, times are tough. I I think they typically run around 
15 or $20, but they're actually pretty decent quality made shirts. Yeah. Um, I got a lot of compliments on mine. <laughs> what the hell happened to you, man? I don't know. Oh, my God. He's being eaten by his, by his headphones. <laughs> Is it is it because Andy's back? Jeez, Torgo. Okay. Wow. Uh, My power yeah. is strong. Yeah. The 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 Marvel and uh, I think I've seen some DC ones too. Um, the Hawaiian shirts are pretty awesome. Yeah. Now speaking oh. of game shops. Oh. oh. War Room Games, I've mentioned them so many times because they're pretty much officially my game store. Everyone has their own game store. War Room Games is mine, and that happened because of that auction that they had a while back. Right. Mm-hmm. And they're doing it again. Oh. Mm. So, if you're in Las Vegas, it is this weekend, Sunday, the 26th of August, starting at 11 a.m. Any board games you no longer want to keep? Any unpainted miniatures you decide you don't want to have anymore or painted ones for that matter you can bring them they will be auctioned off and that money that it goes for will go as store credit to you that's how it works repeat that how will any games any board games board games miniature okay. games that's mm. pretty much all they really deal in role-playing games they do that too okay i may dig through my stuff then there's a whole D section in there Starting at Good. 11 a.m. this Sunday. I will definitely be there. This Sunday. I will also be there. Rock and roll. Yes. So War Room Warhammer, Games. Warhammer, Warhammer, Basically, Warhammer. it's in a... Uh, it's right behind the McDonald's on Eastern and Sunset here in Las Vegas. Send me a reminder because I will forget. Yes, I definitely will. And this is a reminder to everyone else. So come join us and bring your games so nice. I can buy them. Jake, Matt, come on. Hurry. Sure. Quickly. And cow. All the way from England. Definitely. Oh, yeah. So um, here's a weird one, too. Just a little add-on. The Iowa State Fairgrounds, like 450 acres. Yes. No Pokemon on it. No Pokestops on it. Really? Because they had them. They asked to have them removed because they were bringing the bad element. What? I swear <laughs> to God. I looked up, I'm like, why is this giant place with no Poke? There was actually one Pokestop way in the front that I had to keep going down to recharge. Um, but, um, <laughs> oh, you will walk to the Pokestop, but you won't back to your place for some decent food. No, it was, it was, clo- it was closer than the campgrounds. Um, <laughs> and it was a food bank, too. That's actually where I found the unicorn. <laughs> Anyways, I'm <yeah>. lost. <laughs> I looked, I looked it up, and it was because they, they were, they were. Afraid it was bringing the bad elements, so they got rid of the pokey. I don't understand that sentence at all, dude. It's, it's the, Iowa. It's the common Midwest thing. They don't understand something, so they think it's a quote bad element, so they <laughs> they ban it without learning anything about it. I mean, you remember the D and D scare? Oh, you and yes. I both grew up with that, and I had my D and D taken away from me because yeah. the devil. Oh, I wasn't allowed to play it when I was a kid. I wasn't allowed to own any of that sure. stuff. I had to sneak over to my friend's house mm-hmm. to play it when I was a kid. So, I mean, yeah, it's just... Fucking Midwest. God, snore, snore, the whole place. Snore. Yes, I agree. You're not wrong. (laughs) 100%. All right. Andy, you have two D&D characters. Yes, I did. Did. Do. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) They both died. As far as I know. (laughs) I didn't hear anything about the games. I I really needed to clarify that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh, Tell me, uh, don't go crazy. 
tell me about your dwarf. He's a sapper. He uh, is a former military guy who um, basically undermines ca- castles and stuff, and now he's an adventurer. All right. And uh, tell me about your swashbuckly guy. Oh, well, of course, oh, he shit. is in charge of everything. He is uh, He's here to lead the way and save the day. He's a man of many words, and, and many of them are good. Excellent. What's he look like? Uh, he's, uh, well, I Does he use the best words? Absolutely. <laughs> Errol Flynn with a ponytail. Um, basically, yeah, he's, uh... You didn't tell me about a ponytail. That's yeah, okay. He can cut his hair. <laughs> his, his hairstyle is un- irrelevant. All right. Yeah. What's he wear? Uh, a kilt and, uh, boots. All right. I promised you a birthday present way back. Oh, my God. I painted you some Jesus mini figs. Christ. Of your, your characters oh my as God. best I could figure them out. These are astounding. A dwarf with his double-handed hammer. And go ahead and drop your other guy. That's all right. I got it. <laughs> 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 oh. Please tell me one shift it broke or what. Come on, please, please, please. Oh, the mustache is did epic you, Did on you this. drive or did he drive today, Kay? Oh, I drove. These are beautiful. Okay. I always drive. They're not going to make it are home, so are they? so beautiful. And it's hammer. Oh, what a hammer. Happy That's birthday, lovely. sir. Thank Way you after so the much. This is well worth waiting for. Oh, he's Where's gorgeous. my painted mini? <laughs> he's going to kill you with his painted you, You've got a gift oh. certificate. I know, I know. You, <laughs> you got a massive piece of a Warhammer box set. That's true. Oh, Did you see these That's yet? true. Huh? Did you see these yet? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. man. Hey, I, uh, it was really funny because I gave him the description of Captain Harrison. Yeah. And after he'd done it, he, he showed it to us last week. And Matt's like, where's his captain's hat? He doesn't have his blah, blah. And, and Todd gives me this panicked look. And I'm like, no, there's nothing. <laughs> right now, it's just the kilt and the boots. Yep. And All right. <laughs> Happy birthday, yeah, sir. That's great. Would you do me a favor yeah. and take a picture of those, throw them on the Shock Monkey's yeah, lair? Absolutely. I yeah. appreciate that. Before, uh, you know. You don't have to do it right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, he better do he it was right going now. To, well, yeah, no, they, no. May, they might not make it home. They'll make it. They'll be fine. All right. We have two live shows coming up. Two live two shows? Two live shows. That's right. Hey, yo, we're two live shows. We are going to be at the Vegas Valley Comic Book Festival. Yes, we are. We are going to be the opening slot on that Saturday morning. You're an opening that slot. Off on, <laughs> thank you, November 3rd. Yep. Uh, at 10 a.m. will be our live November, show. Okay. And we, of course, Ugh, as, as uh, Andy promised way earlier, we are also part of Scoop Fest this right, year. Right, because I can't shut up. That's right. No, we are going to be part of it anyway. And October 13th, we'll be on at 2 p.m., in the afternoon. So join us for one of those two live shows. And of course, you're going to Scoop, Scoop Fest. There's a lot. And there's a code for Scoop there. Fest, too, right? Uh, yeah, Scoop Sip Fest says subject to change. So we'll let you know if anything happens between now and then. Certainly, but I don't but, expect it should. Yeah, probably won't. And of course, we talk about movies with Mikey all the time. Mikey's going to do a live show at Scoop Fest this year. Yeah. That Saturday night. So it's and they're super doing player exciting. one podcast, too, from what I saw. Yeah, they're going to be right after us. So. It's yeah. going to be a podcasting time. Woo-hoo. So we hope to see you at either or both of those shows. Wait, why do we have to be the opening act? Can't they be our opening act? That's okay. I'm, I'm merely asking the hey, question. Hey, Jeff, it's okay. Andy's going to bring the funny. Yes. Yeah. And Paul and Matt are just going to look so bad in comparison. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my God. God. Yeah. It's just going to be a mess. They're just going to be there, yeah. silent, holding mm-hmm. pillows. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. 
Oh God! Can you imagine if uh, we get there and like the whole audience has pillows? <laughs> Good job, Jeff. Good job. Nice. It's well, your fault. <laughs> well, I gotta have something to sit on, right? I would prefer. The, I would prefer if they bring unicorns. They're just spilling their drinks on each other. Ooh. <laughs> hey, you ah, oh my God! We're we're lining up a whole bunch of traditions all of a sudden. Also, we became Rocky Horror Picture Show. I don't <laughs> <laughs> People are throwing toast at us. <laughs> lips, lips, lips. Anything else, gentlemen? In that case. Nope. In that okay. case. In that case. Your favorite is over a barrel. It is time for me to talk about No Man's Sky a little bit more. Um, <laughs> oh. oh, Justin, get that look off your face. <laughs> No Man's Sky, the day after I bitched about that issue that I couldn't discover planets. Right. The day after, they released uh, 1.56 or whatever it was. Yeah, because I think it was 1.55 before. Right? Yes. Okay. And so it was a huge update, big fixes. So I was so happy to start that again, and nothing has changed. I still have the same goddamn problem but here's the thing the human mind adapts so wonderfully it is truly amazing what you can get used to yes at it explains point in your life it explains this whole trump administration but (laughs) i now it is a part of my game that i can discover planets only by landing on those landing pads now and i'm somehow fine with it now it's weird but I still love the game. It's a lot of fun. I'm just apparently playing a more difficult level than you are. That's that. Okay. News you don't give a shit about! Come on, you had a whole week off. Long week. So tired. So very tired. Netflix reportedly has begun dropping promotions that suggest other Netflix shows to watch while viewers are in the middle of the one they're watching. Heard about what, this. What, mid-show? Bite me. Yeah, like in-show in advertisement. Now, is it in-show or is it like in-between episodes? No. I was told I from somebody that, was... that, that I work with that it was yeah. happening during their watching. Yes. Like, yes, it happened to me too. It happened to you. It's official. And I was like, fuck you. Off. And you can't skip it either, right? I just stopped watching. My understand. Well, according to I don't to know this, what happened can. to the rest of the episode. Oh. Okay. Uh, the, a Reddit thread now locked that turned up a few days ago collected a number of testimonials from disgruntled viewers who reported they'd encountered the promos in between episodes of whatever show they happened to be binge watching. If that sounds similar to the sort of conventional TV commercial advertising <laughs> that subscribers are paying between eight to fourteen dollars a month to avoid. The uh, viewers who say they've encountered the promos thought so, too. Netflix had since reportedly attempted to clarify that the promos aren't technically ads, that they actually provide some benefit to the users since they refer them to other programming Netflix algorithms think that users might enjoy. Right, some of us might need Viagra. Come on. And that the promos are entirely skippable. According to Cord Cutter, I was told. According to CordCutterNews.com, Netflix says it's simply trying to evolve a concept it introduced a couple of years back, and that it's all just part of a personalizing of the user experience. 
Since the first testing out idea, Netflix reportedly said in a statement, quote, it's been experimenting even more with video based on personalized recommendations for shows and movies on the service or coming shortly. And that, quote, in this particular case, we're testing whether the surfacing recommendations between episodes help members discover stories they will enjoy faster. It is important to note that a member is able to skip a video preview at any time they're not interested, unquote. Uh, news of Netflix's latest experiment comes on the heels of another significant change in its service uh, after the company ma- removed all user reviews for its shows on its website last week. Mm. Yeah, my uh, my coworker said that it like he was watching something and it just all of a sudden popped up, like like not Yerk. even not not like he was like it was like an hour program and he was like fifteen minutes into it and it just popped up and couldn't skip it, like couldn't fast forward through it or anything, like he. He fat when he hit fast forward, it fast forwarded the episode. But then when he hit play, the ad just continued. So he oh, had to, so it's an ad, not a Chiron on a box. It's it's an overlay ad, the way he was describing it. So it's it's like when you're on YouTube and you're watching a video, and the person has uh, monetization set up. So like all of a sudden the ad comes in, and you can't skip the ad. Yeah, but so, it's a video ad. It's not. It, it's not a Chiron on a bottom. It's yeah, no, it's a it's a video show. overlay. Fuck that noise. Yeah, that's kind of horrendous. Is that what you experienced, Matt? Same thing, yes. Wow. See, I wouldn't mind if it played before the episode. Right. Like, and it was I don't want any of that. I'm, I'm paying to not view fucking ads. I don't care if it's your original content. I Matt has this. a point. Well, like I, say, I wouldn't mind it at the beginning of the episode because if it's telling me about something I'm maybe not aware of, fine. But if it is something I'm aware of, I should be able to fast forward through it. Well, the, for, for me, it's like... They have their recommendations when you first get to your home page, mm-hmm. um, and that that works for me. I've discovered a few things off of that. And so after after you, wa- <clears throat> excuse me, and after you watch the show too, yeah. But now, I mean, the precedent's been set. When you buy like a, a Blu-ray or a DVD, a lot of times when you put that in and it starts to autoplay, there's a series of trailers for upcoming movies or DVD slash Blu-ray releases, and in some cases you can't skip those, or you have to keep pushing the skip button until that it gets to the menu. That function is prohibited. Yeah, exactly. Most of the time, I can just hit the menu button and it completely skips it. Yeah. But there have been a few. I think Sony like produced discs are one of the worst offenders, where you push that menu button and it does exactly what you said is like that feature is prohibited and you have to literally sit and watch like a minute's worth of previews before you can even get into the movie that you you, you know you what's bought. almost more annoying are the ones that let you skip but it's one preview at a time yeah so i'll sit there and i'll be like oh fuck this boom and then the chapter thing comes up and I'm like, okay here we go Psh, another one i'm like god damn it boom chapter header come okay here we go god damn it and you do that like five or six times i had a blu-ray once that was exactly like that i popped it in preview started hit the menu button it wouldn't allow me to do that but when i hit the the next button it allowed me to jump to the next one problem was there were about six previews on this thing so i had to keep hitting next keep hitting next and then finally got into my movie god fucking forbid for any reason you have to eject that disc yes. oh. at any point. It starts all because, the way over yeah. again. Yeah. In fact, I think it does it like, uh. at any time you pop it in. Like, if you go decide, I want to watch that movie again, you take it off yeah. the shelf, put it in, yeah. and you're like, yeah. fuck. 
So the the notion of paying to skip ads. Well, no, that's, see, that's the thing. A, the next step will be like, oh, we didn't lose that many subscribers. Let's see what else we can do. Yeah. And they'll introduce ads slowly but surely. And then they'll increase the fucking subscription price. I know how this all works. Well, they're spending this billions is, of dollars on new content. They need that money. I'm glad there are a couple hundred shithead fanboys who are making noise on YouTube about Star Wars and rustling feathers. And then shit like this happens... And nobody opens their fucking mouth. We did. We did. <laughs> <laughs> There's. You're right. I know, I know the, what you're saying. You're right. The, yeah. the outrage, the, the nerd outrage is well misplaced. Uh, I, I agree with that. But on the other side, I can almost guarantee you that this is spawning YouTube fodder left and right. Well, I hope Probably. so. Yeah, I don't know. It's just that you happen to hit a description of an alt-right Star Wars review, and now YouTube thinks you want to watch all of them. It's true. <laughs> that, that algorithm is fucked oh, up. Oh, dude, it, you know what? I learned Netflix. the hard way when I started watching a few conservative things because I'm like, all right, so what are my friends talking about anyway? And now just... Yeah. Uh, oh, it doesn't go away. Netflix Not, has the same wrong algorithm. You watch say, Indiana Jones once, and suddenly it's offering you tons of Nazi shit. Yeah, I was noticing YouTube, uh, not to mention in the recommended for you, really? yeah. they start putting more uh, sponsored content in there. So it's like, oh, oh what is this? This is an ad. Move this is an side. ad. Oh, there's move another side. ad. Move it to the other side. Fuck sakes, man. And d- did you notice he knocked over the figs while he was like reaching for, what, what, what am I? What yes, am I? What am yes, I? Yes, yes. In case you're missing all this. <laughs> <laughs> in case, in case you guys weren't looking. <laughs> <laughs> Andy is threatening to spill things again. <laughs> Andy doesn't ever have to threaten to spill things. It's just an inevitability. Yeah, it's no threat. It's part of my kata. <laughs> yeah. Get that noir store going. Oh, no, this is no threat. <laughs> Weekend Geek! Yay! Oh, that was fast. And I finally figured out there's news you don't give a shit about. Finally got it. Finally sunk in. I get it. This is stuff I hate. It's not necessarily yes. stuff I don't care about. Now I know. And he's there. I got <laughs> he's finally it only, there. It only took like five years. <laughs> only yeah. took five years. I'm there. That pissed me off. <laughs> not I, the- gave, I gave a shit about it, but I gave a bad shit about it. Were you like in the middle of a? Were you like in the middle of a caricature? Like stood up in Iowa. That's, That's what it, it means. That's what it like, no, <laughs> he was in the porta potty in the middle of a bad shit, and he was like, "Whoa!" I don't shit. I get it now. They were perfectly campers, camp, camp, uh, campground potties to poop in. I wasn't <laughs> pooping in a porta potty. He's five miles long, dude. There was no, there was no sewage hookup in our trailer though, so I did have to use a porta potty in the middle of the night a bunch. How far did you then have to travel? I was right. Yes. I don't. <laughs> okay. That, 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 I heard this right, right? You guys are with me. Yes. All right. To yes. pee. There, to there pee were, in the there were of the great night. facilities available. <laughs> For <Ready>? pooping. <laughs> I'm not going to poop with an open sewage pole. <laughs> All your friends are doing it. You should yeah, have. really. Uh, For pooping. <laughs> HBO announced that the Watchmen pilot in development from Damon Lindelof has officially been given a series order, with the the show set to arrive sometime in 2019. 
In a five-page letter to fans mm. back in May, Lindelof expressed his love for the series and promised that he will not simply be adapting Watchmen for television. Instead, the series will, quote, disrupt and remix elements of the world that Morn Gibbons created to tell a new story. Here's the official description of the series so far. It's, this is sanctioned harem lit, isn't it? I, this is sanctioned harem lit, isn't yes, it? Yes, it is. This is it. <laughs> this is it. Oh, my God. Watchmen harem. Sac- sanctioned fact fi- uh, fan fiction. I can't talk now. So, oh, oh. No, carry on. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's a... You know that the, the funniest thing about that was, like, he's doing these violent jerks with his hand, with the soda in his hand, and the cap is not on the bottle. Yeah, yeah. He's just like, oh, 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 carry on. <laughs> and I'm sitting here like, is that going to wind up on or near me? So far, I don't see any spots, so cool. Wow. Well, you had to say something. Quote, set in an alternate history where superheroes are treated as outlaws. Watchmen embraces the nostalgia of uh, the original groundbreaking graphic novel while attempting to break new ground of its own, unquote. Watchmen arrives next year amid other much-anticipated programming for HBO, including the return of True Detective and the final season of Game of Thrones. I'm really curious about this show. Yeah. I'm not excited about it, but I'm curious. It could be really great. It could suck hairy moose balls, but it could be really great. Hairy moose balls? Did anyone here read the new Watchmen comics that DC put out? The, no. Uh, nope. Now, did you read it just because you didn't care or you didn't uh, weren't interested or yeah or in protest or no no, no protest? I just you know, just it didn't stir me. Just didn't. Uh, Watchmen is fun. It's a great world. And the characters are cool, but it's also Alan Moore writing. I typically, like, lately... And just let me, Jeff, I have tremendous respect for a lot of the people, the creators that participated in the new series, but it's not Alan Moore writing. Lately, I've been more into, like, the one-off trades, so it just didn't, you know... Well, that's the the thing about Watchmen, is that for HBO to have a continuing series, Watchmen is a singular story, has a beginning and a specific ending... Right. And it's it is that one story that it tells. Right. So you can't have a multiple season telling of the Watchmen unless you really drew it I out. I think so I'm it depends less... on where they're going. If they're going with like the first iteration of the Watchmen or that in between before they're actually full on banned, I don't I don't disrupt and remix elements of the world. Okay. So, yeah, I don't eh. I'm less interested in reading comic book continuations that are set that are uh, nailed down to the continuity. Uh, if it's a continuation of the comic book continuity, I'm less interested in that than I am in seeing somebody reimagine it in a different medium. I'm not as... It doesn't throw me as much having him throw it on as a, as a TV you don't, show. You don't want to see part two as as much as you'd rather just see a new telling of the original story. No, I don't... I'm not I, getting it. Uh, in a comic book form, if they're they're sticking to continuity, they're they're part of this this now is a Watchmen continuity in comics. I'm not as, as interested in that because Watchmen itself itself is so concise and complete and doesn't need anything expanded. Okay, but if they're switching to a different medium, I'm interested because then like the Marvel universe, the the Marvel Cinematic Universe, 
I'm much more interested in watching Marvel Cinematic Universe than I am reading Marvel Comics now because Marvel Comics are tied into 60, 70 years of continuity that's all tangled up as opposed to just reimagining continuity. I get that. Yeah. I get that. And I, again, I'm curious and I will watch it. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about it. I watched like, like 15 minutes of um, uh, Infinity War on the plane because that's all I had left to watch. You know, I was watching something else. Um, and uh, it holds up. I mean, the first 15 minutes, I'm like, oh, I want to watch the rest of that again. It's really solid. And Marvel Cinematic you know, So the translation to Cinematic Universe is more interesting to me than continuation of the book. You saw Infinity War in the theaters because we I talked did. about I it. I did, yeah. And you watched the first 15 minutes to see if it would hold up? I had like 15 minutes left. I had like 15 <laughs> minutes left to kill on the plane. And okay. I was like flipping do you, do you through mean the stuff. Gotcha. from the original Infinity Wars, like the 70s, that, that one? Uh, yes. Uh, okay, that's no, what he means. I'm not talking about. No. What are you talking about? I don't know what you're <laughs> talking about. the movie. <laughs> yeah, I know. Wait, 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 you've seen how it holds up. <laughs> like, what are you talking I it's was, a brand new movie, so are you I mean was, how the I whole saw it. He had comic? Fi- Guys, I, saw I will translate. Thank you. He had 15 minutes of time on the plane, and he figured, what the fuck, I'll watch 15 minutes of Infinity War. He watched it, and he's like, you know what? It's still as good now as it was then. This is a movie that is very good and lasts. That's what I said. <laughs> What's the 70s Infinity War you're talking no, about, no, Matt? The, not, sorry, not the 70s. <laughs> the, the original comic book. The comic he said, book. He said, see how it, it oh, oh, still wait. holds up. It still holds up like it's been out forever. Like this. <laughs> you were confused too. Shut up. <laughs> Fucking. I it's because how he said it. It's his fault. His fault. And because he lives with Andy, that's how Kirsten understands. I think what he was referring to is some movies you watch them once in the theaters. I don't care. They're great. <laughs> Let's just go on. But then you see it again, and you're like, thing. maybe it wasn't as good as I thought it was. Yes. Also that. that, 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 that. <laughs> Unfortunately, the viewers are missing the best part, was which after Kay explained me, the look on your face was like as if you just been smacked in the back of the head with a brick. You were just <laughs> stunned and. What has happened to me? Why am I sitting in my own feces? What the hell's going on? Next story. <laughs> Sony's <laughs> Sony Pictures is reportedly planning a live action movie based on the spunky plus sized sci-fi nerd with telekinetic powers, Faith Herbert. Sony has picked up the film right treatment to Faith, a.k.a. Zephyr, and they've tapped American Gods writer Maria Melnick to pen the script. The movie comes in the wake of Sony's five-picture 2015 agreement with Valiant Comics, which so far has yielded a planned adaption of Bloodshot with Vin Diesel in the starring role, making her first appearance all the way back in 1991 with Harbinger Volume 1, Faith first showed off her innate superpowers after a visit from Peter Stanchek and Chris Hathaway, superheroes on the run from the Harbinger Foundation. Triggered by her meeting with kindred superpowered misfits, Faith takes flight and reveals Zephyr, her heroic alter ego. One of the pioneering examples of a superhero with the physical characteristics that break the conventional I gotta stop reading <laughs> because Andy is over here playing three card Monty with everything over. Did you drop? He lost his other finger. 
You dropped the miniatures I painted oh you. He dropped one of them. It's great. And he's just like, oh, it's, it's where, precious. What, what? He hasn't touched the miniatures since he put them down in front of himself. But because of the constant shuffling of things in front of him, his phone, the peanuts, his soda, his headphone cable, he lost one of the figures. <laughs> And, and I looked over and I saw this panic scramble. Look at me trying to find the figure. The look on his face was like sheer terror. Like, oh my God, what has happened to my figures? And I'm sorry for the distraction, but it was hilarious. I, oh, God. I'm, I'm reading and in the corner of my eye, I'm looking at somebody moving cups around. <laughs> like, like there's a ball in one of them and you're going to find it. Andy, welcome back. <laughs> I missed you guys. That's officially red faced enough for you. Oh, it was it was it's great. Just Andy's looking around and you're just reading, reading, reading. I mean he was literally <laughs> I was panic. trying to ignore it for so long. <laughs> and I just couldn't anymore. Just just the panic on his face. It's just so going back to faith slash Zephyr slash this agreement thing, one of the pioneering examples of a superhero with physical characteristics that break the conventional mold of hard-bodied physiques and eight-pack abs, Faith's appearance is never a focus in the comics. Created by Valiant co-founder Jim Shooter and David Latham, the high-spirited hero can fly, cast a cast a protective aura around her allies, and wield telekinetic powers that allow her to manipulate remote objects as well as her friends up for a ride along her flight path. This show is chaos. And it was funny because when you said protective aura, I'm like, that protective aura? That all came from protective aura? Jesus. Don't drop that dwarf. Title of your cover band for <laughs> Spinal Tap. Very okay. nice. Okay, I'll, I'll accept that one. Uh, I think Matt's beyond Matt's, talking Matt's, at this point. He's he's Matt just... has this like tempered fury going on behind his <laughs> tempered fury. Oh, that's a this, great harem lit RPG name. Fury, yeah, tempered fury. You know how when Jack Nicholson gets that grimace smile where his face kind of pulls back in that yes. that uncomfortable smile. That's kind of what Matt's face started doing there for a little while. <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting for him to break out the axe and go, here's Johnny. <laughs> Wait till they get a load of me. Joss Whedon is returning to Dark Horse to close out his Buffy comic book series because it was going to end either way. Whedon came back to the comics because Dark Horse was about to lose the license to Buffy. Asked about the scheduling issues for creating a live-action Dr. Horrible sing-along blog sequel, the creator derailed the comp... Yeah, the creator detailed. I understand why you said derailed, though. Yeah, it derailed is, is certainly on my mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 80s is choking death. <laughs> you all right? Man down, brother? man he's, down. He's, he's on, all right. Everyone's having their choke moment on this show. The creator detailed the complications, then said that, quote, in the meantime, we want to do something more with Dark Horse right now, especially because Fox 
is taking the Buffy license and the Firefly license back. Wow. And Dark Horse has shepherded these licenses for decades now, unquote. Dark Horse originally published the series back in its debut in September of 1998, making it a two-decade-long working relationship. That is coming to an end because Fox wants Buffy in totality on the eve of its upcoming show. So we won't be getting the comics back at Dark Horse. That means fans deserve closure, and the writer aims to give them that. Quote, When I sat with Chris Gage, it was the intent that after everything we've been through, we wanted to have something to say that mirrors and rounds off where we started this comic run. And then they said, you have four issues. And I was like, (laughs) oh, that's all the time we have. Oh, the Serenity Gambit. Yes. No, more like the Angel Gambit. Yeah. So we dealt with a lot of things in small panels. And I don't know if I fit it all in, but that was very important to try. We made sure that the journey wasn't continuing. We wanted to make the Dark Horse era have some closure. No reason we know yet why they're taking the Firefly license. Yeah, I mean, they haven't done anything with the Firefly license in more than a decade. So. Are you okay? Yeah, just something stuck in the back of my throat. Okay. <laughs> that, that's wow. all. It's- not sure. It's probably, it's probably a sinus thing or something. Okay. So I, I hate to make you do this, but explain Angel to me, the Angel thing. Um, final season of Angel, they were trying to figure out if they were going to get another year. So uh, <clears throat> we didn't ask them to I'm sorry, this let him crazy. know whether he was going to get another season. It broke me up, too. And <laughs> they finally came back and said no. So they were already in production of the final season, and they had to scramble to get together a, a season-slash-series finale as opposed to just a season finale because they were going to carry on the storyline into the next season. So, God, he really does sound emotional. <laughs> he totally And that's not it. I just I know, I know. Yeah. No, I'm I sorry for laughing, man, but it just you really are just like... And then he never gets to see Connor again. He's literally choked up. Yeah, that ending oh. was bullshit. <laughs> In the late 80s, neuromancer author William Gibson was hired to write a screenplay for what would become the third film in the Alien franchise. Good Lord, that was him? Yes. Wow. By the time the film made it to theaters in 1992, almost nothing of what Gibson had contributed to the development of the project remained. Oh, that makes sense. Yes, it okay. does. All right. <laughs> now, three decades after it was written, Gibson's Alien 3 is being adapted in the pages of Dark Horse Comics. The publisher announced that it would publish William Gibson's Alien 3, a new comic book using Gibson's script, adapted by writer and artist Johnny Christmas, who did Angel Catbird, Here's Dark Horse's official synopsis. Quote, following the deadly events of aliens, the Union of Progressive Peoples intercepts the spaceship carrying the hibernating bodies of Ripley, Hicks, Newt, and Bishop. But unbeknownst to them, they have also picked up another deadly passenger (sighs) whose discovery will unleash a race between two governments to weaponize the xenomorph in this horrifying and poignant Cold War-themed thriller, unquote. Expanse. The final Alien 3 film remains a divisive installment in the series. Rather than using Gibson's idea of the union of progressive peoples, the film immediately kills off everyone from aliens except Ripley and a stowaway facehugger, 
and places Sigourney Weaver's heroine in a penal colony where a new alien-dog hybrid roams. The film was particularly controversial for its decision to scrap nearly all of the fan-favorite survivors from Aliens. William Gibson's Alien number th- Aliens 3, number 1, arrives from Dark Horse on November 7th. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'd be interested in that. <clears throat> yeah. I'm I wait for it to be in trade, though. I love when they do these, this, they, when they did the Star Wars original Lucas scripts. Yeah. And just taking these movies that could have been and translating it for the page. I'm so on board with yeah. this. And it's because, nice too because you can do that too because it, it doesn't cost a zillion dollars to produce a comic. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. And I will be the first to admit that I never gave Alien 3 its time of day because I was such a fan of Aliens that I wanted to see the continuing adventure. So when they slaughtered everybody, just as what it was a malfunction or something of a yeah something of like their hide their Here's pods the thing. the pods aliens four it's even worse <laughs> aliens <Yeah>. resurrection <laughs> yeah it's it's all right <laughs> yeah three was just not good the the I don't think I've the seen Fincher one since. Cut, <clears throat> the Fincher cut the Fincher cut because they really butchered I mean he didn't you know he didn't use much of Gibson's script and then they butchered the hell out of his thing so the fincher cut actually i i watched it and it was actually interesting you know you you are just like i don't know you you want it if it if if <clears throat> hicks newt bishop are gone you want it to be poignant you want it to have impact and it really didn't yeah it, it was a you throwaway know. moment yeah yeah sigourney weaver tried uh to make it something and it just didn't work isn't the uh, alien uh, uh, movie that's coming up? Isn't or uh, oh God, I'm all fucking lost. Frankly, now. I don't know what's happening with alien. Okay, right because now. what wasn't wasn't there talk that they were just going to pick up from the end of two, so it was going to be Michael Bean and uh, and Sigourney Weaver and <clears throat> I'd watch that movie, but I don't think I remember hearing that. I think you're talking. Uh, you're referring to the RoboCop one we talked about a few weeks ago. Mm, no, it picks no, up th- after. No, no, because. Bean's not in RoboCop. This is uh, this is old. This is like a year ago or so. I don't remember this. <clears throat> I don't know. I Covenant mean, did not do well as they wanted it to, yeah. and they've pretty much slashed that oh, budget altogether. There we go. It was Blumkoff's uh, proposal that was derailed because yes. Scott wanted to do blah 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 Prometheus, and there you go. And then Covenant happened, and. There's a comic book I'll read. How about that? Neil Blomkamp's Alien Dark Horse. Take uh, take that. Yeah, really? And Covenant was just it. Prometheus 2, so it really wasn't. Yes. And I don't know. It just not. Both those films were just kind of eh. Don't get me wrong. I liked both of those films. I know you did. and I. I but they're not great. Yeah, really. Prometheus is just not. It's it's them trying to go back and fill in the gaps of what this thing is that they discover in Alien, and it just isn't. The execution is poor. Um, it just it seems very jumbled up. With the storytelling, you know, oh the engineers and they created everything, and then oh they decided at some point that humanity was a poor creation, so they want to wipe the slate clean and. And they develop this. I honestly, don't think I've seen any since three. I can't remember. 
What, what happens in four? Four is where they make the clone of Ripley. Winona Ryder is in that. Uh, and oh, Ripley is they're a... They're trying to weaponize it. Yeah, I don't think I've seen that. Ra- uh, Pearlman, I, I think, is in it. I I, yeah. And, yeah. <clears throat> and there's it, a basketball the, scene. The interesting conceit of that is <clears throat> Ripley, Ripley dies at the end of three. Mm-hmm. So they bring her back through some weird-ass cloning and shit. But she died because she had an alien in her. So when they clone her to bring her back, she's got some alien mixed in in her. And so she's kind of super Ripley. Yeah. <clears throat> and, and, you know, and there's some interesting bits she and pieces. She has acid blood and everything. Yeah. Eey. And uh, and she's strong and she's fast and stuff. So there's some interesting nope. stuff. Yeah, in there, it, but there's some elements that. that could have made it a really oh, yeah, intriguing it film, like fun, like when Ripley discovers the lab where she was created and sees all the failed clones that led up to her, and then sees all the failed alien clones that lead up to this this human alien hybrid that you see at the end, and it's it's like I said, it's and script doctored yeah. by Joss Whedon. Yeah. Oh. He tried. <laughs> he didn't have a lot to work with. Yeah. <laughs> I will say, though, I think I enjoyed Alien Resurrection better than I did any of the Alien vs. Predator films. Just yeah. laying it down. They, they, what about the Predator coming up? <clears throat> I'll watch it. Yeah. But I didn't yeah. see the last one they did. Predators. Well, this one. That one was good. Predators was good. Was it good? Yeah. yeah it, was, okay. it was all right. Uh, this one's Shane Black. So Okay, I'm on board for Shane yeah. Black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Predator. I just saw the trailer yeah. the other day and uh, looks interesting. All right, yeah, we'll you see. should you should it, watch Predators though; it's good. Yeah, I do. You should. To. I keep forgetting it exists. About but then two again, years I keep from there. I keep forgetting John Wick exists too. So remind yeah. me, Predators. I don't. I'm not. Uh, Predators. They basically take them to a big game hunting planet and drop off like Earth's. Most. Oh, okay. I did yeah. see that one. I, I was trying to. There was a jumble of Predator movies in my brain, and I'm like. Which one is that one? Yep. Is well, it, yeah, yeah. There is they, a they, they, they take a bunch of like yeah. you know cartel. They is take it, this guy. They take yeah, a, soldier, a yakuza they take dude. A, yeah, and, they take, you know, hardcore, hardcore. Isn't the guy yeah. from the piano in that? Yes. Wow. Yes, he is. Yeah the the, the, the weird the weird yeah. hunt, hunting grounds that yes. they they okay yeah I I remember that one now. Jeff, did you like, like it? It was okay. Okay. It was certainly better than. Like you said, the two AVP movies. Well, you certainly so. don't sound teared up about it. Well, you know, I'm starting to <laughs> get my voice back good. a little it bit. You sounded much better. I'm glad. You watched the MacGyver, new, new MacGyver the TV, show? The TV show? Yeah. yeah, somehow it's still on the air. Yeah. I, I watched the first episode <laughs> in the plane, and it's like, uh-huh. that's not awful. It's, it's not great, but it's not awful. It's MacGyver in name only. It just there, There's a certain magic that was the original run. Mm-hmm. That this one, to me, feels lacking. Is that it's, a mino? Huh? Is that a mino? A mino what? A G- MacGyver in name only? Yes. Oh. Mino. <clears throat> um, no, Mekino. Mekino. And I know at some point they were originally trying to get Richard Dean Anderson to come make a guest spot. It certainly looks like in the pilot. He's too fat now. You it, can. Looks, it looks like in the pilot they're setting him <laughs> up very to blimpy. show up. Yeah, it, you know, it, exactly. <laughs> and, and I, I watched He's, like... I watched about five episodes of it, and it just—I don't know. It didn't. It didn't grab me. It didn't find. I didn't find it as interesting. Yeah, we need. Plus, we, need a, we need plus, a clappy for this. I'm. I'm yeah. not angry that it exists, but it's not my yeah. show. Yeah, I mean, and it's you know, it always seemed to be like in the in the MacGyver series with Richard Dean Anderson. It was like him and his wits 
trying to solve these problems. Now you've got him. A you, team. You've got a whole team. You've got the ex-military guy that's his bodyguard, essentially, that's always watching his back. You've got the computer hacker, and then you've got the are they, the overseer. So are they it's trying, like, Are they trying to do Mission Impossible, the old TV show? Kind of. Sort kind of. Yeah. Because wasn't wasn't MacGyver really wasn't it about Richard Dean Anderson's charisma? It was just pretty much. It was him. Yeah, and he's a very likable guy. He's a really cool, you know. Yeah, and his approach approach to problems were always very interesting, and there was at least some well, th- some th- factual science and behind they got, it. They got the crazy. They they eventually got the crazy following. Well, people like from Caltech, yes, would say, "Hey, we figured out how to make a bomb from a bicycle," and they send them that information and they use right. it in their stories because it, it has like a little element of uh, of uh, burn notice too. With the yeah, uh, uh, I'm, I'm wondering if there's some, if there's somebody who's a writer for both. I don't know. Um, look it up. Probably. Yeah. But it's got the most diverse cast I've ever seen. I mean, it's... it's C.W. MacGyver? Yeah. Very much a C.W. MacGyver. <laughs> in- including the boss, who is a little person. Diverse? Yeah. Shirley Jackson's 1948 short story, The Lottery, is getting the feature film treatment from Paramount Pictures. Veteran producer Frank Marshall, that's the producer behind Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, is leading the charge through his Kennedy Marshall production company and s- company and screenwriter Jake Wade Hall from The Hitcher is penning the script. Lawrence Hyman, Jack, yes, that was right. Lawrence Hyman, Jackson's son and overseer of her estate, will be credited as an executive producer. The Lottery was published in the New Yorker magazine and focused on the preparations within a small New England town for an annual rite known as. The lottery. Mm-hmm. The right is enacted to ensure a good harvest and begins with every family in town drawing a slipper paper from a box. The family that gets the Wait, slip- wait, wait. Spoiler. Are you going to do the whole plot not, here? No. All right. I am not. All right. The family that gets the slip marked with the black spot must then have each member of the clan, adults and children, draw again until one person gets the marked slip. What happens next was so controversial and shocking at the time of the story's initial publication that Jackson received hundreds of pieces of hate mail throughout the summer after the tale saw print. Well, especially at the time that it was based on, you know, where they uh, actually do the lottery. With the author recalling in a 1960 lecture, quote, It had simply never occurred to me that these millions and millions of people might be so far from being uplifted that they would sit down and write me letters I was downright scared to open, unquote. Wow. Uh, This won't be the first adaptation of the lottery. It was produced on the radio in 1951, adapted for an NBC TV anthology series called Cameo Theater around the same time, transferred to the stage and made into a TV film starring Carrie Russell, also by NBC, in 1996. But... It's the first theatrical film version and the latest of Jackson's works to get picked up for a modern interpretation. The classic novel The Haunting of Hill House is coming soon to Netflix as a limited series from director Mike Flanagan. Uh, you'll probably learn all about that when you're in the middle of binging your next show. It is a great... <laughs> oh, I see what you did there. stabby, stabby. Hulu's like, yep. <laughs> yep. It's a great short story. It is an amazing short story. I don't see how you're going to make that into a feature-length movie. Not at all. Yeah, they must have been stoned. It's... <laughs> I can't admonish you without bringing up what you brought up. 
Are you okay? <laughs> you, you, you look like you're having a stroke. He does look like he's having a stroke. <laughs> I'm trying not to completely collapse. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh. Oh, these episodes happen every now and then. And they're fun when they happen, but... But they break Todd. They do. They break I don't know. It lot. could rock. I don't know. Break his brain is what they do. Yeah, it's a very concise short story. So expanding that to even an hour and a half is quite a feat. Yeah. Unless it ends up being something like The Village or something. I don't know. Well, they probably had nothing else on the slate. Yeah, I know what you're doing. I know what you're doing. <laughs> wow, the look you just got from him, Kay. I know. That was like two points. Yeah, <laughs> I was just, wow. Taking uh, me for granted. Jesus Christ. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! That was good. Knee slapper right there. <laughs> All right. <laughs> as much as this part of the show rocks, we're going to have to move on. <laughs> Repeat. <laughs> yeah, really? He stole that. I did. Let's do some red light, green light. What's that game? Um, questions in uh, in um, Gildenstern and Rosencrantz. <laughs> Rosencrantz and Gildenstern? That's it, right. <laughs> Gildenkrantz and Rosenstern. Yeah, that's the one. Oh, Rosenstein? Rogers we got to write Hammerstein. that. We got to write that. <laughs> anyway, what were you saying, Andy? It's going to be oh, a no, I just I was at a uh, SCA event where they started playing questions, and I had not seen the play at that point, and I was like trying to follow it. It was insane. You, you you have to you have to every statement has to be a question and there are rules like repeating stuff and and and, and uh, yeah. yes yep Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead yes is the that's name of it. the play Tom Stoppard play I believe it is something like that well worth seeing it's really good they made a movie out of it with Dreyfus right yes mm-hmm. Richard Dreyfus and I don't know if they captured it well it's okay. But if you can see the stage version, it's absolutely amazing. Yeah. But the questions section alone is just amazing. I yeah, played a game of questions at Northwestern when David Schwimmer was teaching me improv. Whoa. Oh, listen to the name drop. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Here, let me pick that name you just dropped. Yeah. <laughs> I, I Did it go well? T- I beat him, too. Did you now? I, I, I frustrated him. So much because because uh, he was he was just kicking our ass. Everybody was going up, and then they they say something and sit down. And he kept using the questions, and he came in. And so I got up there, and I managed to frustrate him so bad. He finally just looked at me in character and went, "Get out!" Ah. And then everyone laughed, and he was like, "Shit!" <laughs> it was a proud moment for me. I do like, though, like that you name dropped somebody that isn't really in the business anymore. <laughs> He's uh, He doesn't have to be in the business no, anymore. No. He, uh, Dude's got friends money. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Nobody, nobody <laughs> heard that. Thank you. You, nobody you, wow. you dropped the that. mic into that, your crotch. That, that in order and, to, and, his, yeah. and, his, and his headphone cable just... <laughs> Good Lord. That was some scary-ass shit. <sighs> that, was, that was pretty terrifying. I, I, I thought the board was going to go through towards the door. <laughs> Did you see flashes of your life? Did you yes. name the door George? <laughs> through the door? I don't know. Maybe. 
I think you just what? said it went through George the door. <laughs> George the door. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying anymore. <laughs> if it wasn't before, that door is officially named George. George the door. Is that our episode title? No. Oh, what's the episode title? He's doing the hashtag. Oh. Edgier than Iowa. <laughs> All right, red light, green light, gentlemen. Oh, good. We got to get through some pilots. All right, there's five of us, so we will have this full decided by this one. All right, this is... Oh, and Alf got red lighted. Yes, it it did. And And Al. Yeah, I appreciate everybody who made their light, their... Their opinions known about Alf and boy, did you have some. Although opinions. I did like your take on it, Kay. That was that well, was, it, that, that, was fun. that was nice because a lot of people were like, "I green light that." Yeah, no, I, uh, your take and then your your line, whatever. I don't remember what I said yesterday, yeah. so you're gonna have to. <laughs> <laughs> Must have made a great impression. Something about building yeah. a wall around Melmac or something. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, we're we're going back to it, but just talk about the illegal yeah. alien. He's an illegal alien. So there you go. It's no fun. It writes itself. (laughs) Anyway. All right. We got these new pictures on my desk, gentlemen. So uh, here's the first one. Uh, YouTube has given a straight-to-series order for Jordan Peele's new comedy sci-fi anthology series, Weird City. Peele is teaming up with Emmy-nominated writer Charlie Sanders, who wrote for Key and Peele series, and the series will debut on YouTube Premium in 2019 with six episodes. Uh, Jose Molina, uh, who's writer for eight Marvel's Agent Carter, will be the showrunner. The series will be set in the city of Weird in the future. And will tackle present day issues with stories that can only be told with comedy and sci-fi. In a statement, Peel said, quote, Writer-creator Charlie Sanders and I collaborated on some of Key Key and Peele's sketches that took on everything from black Republicans to continental breakfasts to family matters. Now, with YouTube, we present a series of comedy-driven, twisted-ass science fiction stories that take place in a world close to ours, but just a little off, unquote. All right, guys, it's just a little bit of it, but what do you think of Weird City? I greenlight American Black Mirror. All right. Yeah, you know what? You're right. I green light it too. <laughs> yeah. I like that. American yeah. Black Mirror. Yeah. yeah, green light. There's room for it. I green. It's not going to hurt me to do it. All right. Green light for King Peel's Weird City. All right, here we go. Red light, green light, guys. Mick G. <laughs> red. red light. Fred. A very hard T800 red. The director of such. <laughs> The director of such glorious films as Terminator Salvation. Oh, wait, T600. Is teaming up with Fox 21 Television Studios to adapt the video game Vampire as a series. Vampire tells the story of a doctor in 1918 London who becomes a vampire under mysterious circumstances. The righteous medicine man must then choose between saving lives and ending them. A plight that takes on added urgency when a deadly disease begins to spread through the city. McGee intends to direct the project as well as serve as executive producer. The game itself, produced by French company Dot Nod Entertainment and published by Focus Home Interactive, sold more than 450,000 copies in its first month after rising, arriving on June 5th 
on all major platforms. Vampire, the 1918 Vampire Doctor. Red light. What what doesn't appeal to you unless it's just Big G? The premise doesn't appeal to me, Vampire Doctor. Not even if I'm you not, said it back in uh, 1919. Nope. Nope. All right. um, not familiar with enough with the video game to have an opinion on the game itself one way or another, but the premise as red plus McG equals red light. Ah, okay. Where is the setting? London. London. 1918. Yeah, I got late 1918. <laughs> Green light. All right. Oh, God. Um, no. <laughs> no. Um, I don't think a lot of stuff is set. Immediately post, it must be immediately post World War One, yeah, or, not too or, well. or at the very end of it. There have been a few good vampire stories. I mean, not good, but, uh, morally good vampire stories or conflicted vampire stories, but not a ton of them. Uh, I think there's some territory to work with there. All right, I don't trust McGee to pull it off, but uh, give it a shot and see where it goes. Now, Jeff, did you say there's McGee's pretty decent as a TV executive producer? As a, as a hands-off producer, yes. All right, but since he's getting on the directing side, you're a little yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm 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 way more than trepidatious to say right. that because he did but, Chuck, right? Yeah, he All produced right. Chuck, and I really loved that series. All right, I think if it was a premise that interested me and he was producing, I probably would have greenlit it. But the fact that Vampire Doctor in 1918 struggling with moral consequences just eh gentlemen what do you have matt i mean we had angel so just straight out red yeah nice blood colored red uh andy actually uh, brings up a point that that i'm uh i agree with especially in watching a lot of youtube history there was a lot of stuff going on immediately after world war one it's really funny how people think the war ended and oh it was war and it was terrible but let's start rebuilding and you know uh like for myself being half polak the polish soviet war happened in 1920 1921 and there were there were tons of little wars in the balkans uh, there was uh, you know the tragedy of the armenian genocide i think that was running from world war 1 into the post so there there's there's tons and, of course, the thing I talked about a couple of weeks ago, the Spanish flu epidemic, there's tons of interesting things that actually happened. The new nation building and all of that. And that period is actually kind of interesting. Now, is, is that going to be in this? Probably not. But I think more period things that is sort of the, right in that immediate post-World War I era, 1918, late 1918 on, would be interesting. So I'll green light. When did this uh, flu happen? The the Spanish flu happened in uh, 1918 and then ran 1920. The soldiers bringing it back from the war, a lot of it. I think yeah. that's the part that's going to make me green light this. Because part of the description is he chooses between saving lives and ending them, a plight that takes on added urgency when a deadly disease begins to spread through the city. If it, That sounds like it might be the Spanish flu. Uh, there you go. Yeah. It'd be interesting. Captain Trips in 1918 London. And a, a vampire who can... Uh, I want to know uh, how he reacts to the disease. Well, how blood. does he save yeah. people? He makes, them, he makes them little vampires and, uh, hey, you, you don't get the disease. 
<laughs> maybe Aram. maybe he himself is a blood filterer. And so he sucks the blood out and puts the blood back in. I don't know. Maybe we, we have wow. we have control over this, so we, we can affect this a little wow. bit. Wow. So. Well, we just wrote that. Yeah, we did. We can make that movie regurgitation. <laughs> regurgitation nation. Yeah. yeah. We got it. Trademark. Sanguination regurgitation. Nation. Nation. I like that one. All right, so green light on that one. I hate yeah, you all. Todd! I hate you all. <laughs> uh, you know what? I, and I'm, I'm really I'm, when you, I, when I, I'm just like, mm. no, when I wrote this down, I was like, okay, this is obviously going to go See, what I light. did was I, I looked to my list that says directors that I don't want to work with, and I see a picture of Mick G, and right beside that, you got Michael Bay. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I don't like Mick G at all. Terminator Salvation was an insult to all intelligence. Yeah. I still remember you in the we are theater. Dumber just, for having watched it. Oh, he was like, I, I've been to many movies with this guy, and his demeanor after the movie just like, it was like pure defeat. It was just like I can't believe this movie got made. <laughs> I can't believe money was paid, actors were hired, a crew was engaged, sets were built, and this thing, this this steaming pile of shit got made. No, don't get me wrong. It has one of the the same problems that Jurassic Park has with the Ninja Tyrannosaurus Rex, but the difference is that movie is good, and you are already sucked in and engaged. This one, I'm completely separated from it. So when the gigantic 200 ton somehow sneak towering up on them, yeah. robots sneak up and to bash through the ceiling of the hidden group. Duh. Hey, they, awful. they just maxed out their stealth skill. <laughs> oh, wait. That's and not only lit that. RPG. Oh, they got away from me. Launch lit, the bikes. Lit RPG. Hashtag <laughs> robot Launch <harem>. the bikes. <laughs> <laughs> and then they canceled Sarah Connor Chronicles. Yeah. Was that a McG joint? No. Okay. No. That, but, uh, yeah, Vernon, it was funny. He, 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 he insists he forced me on that. He he was like, you got to watch this. And I was like, our, our, I finally Weren't you like, like already planning on watching it yeah, at some point? You yeah. just hadn't gotten around to it. So I was like, okay, bring it over. We'll watch it. We had a couple of drunk DVD nights binging it. And it was cool. Yeah, it was It was really good. Every episode was so well written, especially when they kept doing the the flashback slash yeah. flash forward yeah. stuff. So they, they did doing right. for the character development and you just, you just really started to want to know what's going to happen to these characters. And then it ends so abruptly that you're just like, well, shit. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I, you know, I left wanting to know, okay, how did, uh, what was the, the female Terminator that summer Glaub paid, uh, the, the name they gave her. I can't remember. You don't remember, but why is she like going back and forth between seeming to be an evolving Terminator, right, and then goes bad for a little bit, and then goes back? What's what's going on with that? The reveal and with then, Shirley Manson, yeah, and yeah, and Manson being a version of a T one thousand, you know, the mimetic polyalloy, and just going, dude, you why had, is she? What the? <laughs> you had me at Shirley Manson, but like you know, she's. She's a Terminator, but she saves them in a scene and basically tells them to run. It's like, okay, why is this Terminator trying to save them? It could and be. Then, and then the series ended. It could be a shot of Shirley Manson eating pudding, and I'd be happy. <laughs> Cameron. Cameron, that's right. 
probably that's why we couldn't remember it. Because <laughs> uh-huh. there's a section of the brain going, Cameron, no, that's stupid. It can't be too on the nose. That, no, no, you're thinking of him. No. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Vampire, we're going to give that a shot. Let's see. I'll, be, I'll play the game first, then I'll make a. <laughs> All right. Here's the next one. Red light, green light. Guys, after an intense bidding war among multiple studios... Hivemind has acquired the rights to develop Jeff Lemire and Andrea Sorrentino's creator-owned, sold-out image comic book, Gideon Falls, into a television series. Gideon Falls is a dark fantasy mystery and horror series about a downtrodden Catholic priest who is reassigned to a small rural town of eccentric characters. At the same time, It's an urban story of a recluse whose life revolves around digging through the big city's trash because he believes that he is on the trail of uncovering a big conspiracy. The one thing these two stories have in common is a shared vision of an ominous black barn, which is an urban legend in both threads. Hivemind has a first-look agreement with Amazon Studios, so while not yet a certainty... They'll get to review the project first and become a potential landing spot for Gideon Falls. The studio, which uh, was formerly named Mythos, is behind the science fiction series The Expanse for Amazon Studios and bringing The Witcher to Netflix. They're also adapting the book series Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark into a feature film with Guillermo del Toro. So that's the studio behind Gideon Falls. There's nothing I don't like about Good that. Studio. Green light. Yeah. Green light on that. All around. When when you said downtrodden, you stumbled and started to say drow, and I was just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, green light, drow. Green light. Menzo Berenzen, I'm in. Yep. Bring in the drow and the harem. Yeah, really. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll I'll say green light because I want to support creator-owned who's a floss. But hive mind, I mean, they're doing, they're doing some... I, I, I really like the expanse. Yeah. So, uh, what this guy said. Yeah. <laughs> Same. All right. Green lights all around because I'm uh, giving a it a quick that. green. Yeah. All right. Yeah, it was quick. So let's see this one. Red light, green light. The Nevers. A new sci-fi drama from Joss Whedon has just landed a straight-to-series order at HBO. The premium cable institution won the series after bidding war that also included Netflix. Whedon will return to the kind of... What are you doing? Why, why do you insist on, on and doing weird things to, to derail me? He's over here getting he's over my shoulder. Funny. trying did, to. Did you sleep at all in the last 24 hours? He says he did. He's looking at the back of the page. There's nothing written on the back of the page. Because yeah. you're exhibiting that loopy, uh, I haven't slept in days. It's a little of that, yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right. Where you think things are hilarious and everybody's looking at you going, why are you being so weird right you now? You keep this up, we're sending you to the New York He's office. lucky. When I, when, I, when I don't get enough sleep, I get the shakes and I'm lightheaded. I can't sit right. No, if you get the shakes, you can't lift the carny booths. Don't do that. Instead, we get Goofy Shazbot over yeah. here. <laughs> Shazbot. Goofy no, Shazbot. We'll send the New Jersey office, not the New Yorker office. Yeah, that's right. Oh. They still make us money. Goofy Shazbot, that's the uh, that's the minion of the vampire in Exsanguation Regurgitation Nation. No, it's it's the one in Elf. All right, so uh, the Nevers. 
Whedon will return to the kind of creative control he enjoyed on shows like Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Firefly for this series, serving as writer, director, executive producer, and showrunner on The Nevers. The series is described as an epic sci-fi drama that follows a group of Victorian women with, quote, unusual abilities, relentless enemies, and a mission that might change the world. The Nevers is maybe the most ambitious narrative I've created, and I can't imagine a better home for it than HBO, Whedon said. Not only are they the masters of cinematic long form, but their instant understanding of my odd, intimate epic was as emotional as it was incisive. It's been too long since I've created an entirely new fictional world, and the HBO team offer not just scope and experience and 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 not just prestige, but passionate collaboration. I could go on, but I'm impatiently grateful to say I have work to do. Whedon built his reputation on genre powerhouses and his massive fan base with television, beginning with the launch of Buffy in 1997 that led to Angel, the short-lived but beloved sci-fi series Firefly, and Dollhouse. After that, Whedon moved into feature film work with Serenity, The Cabin in the Woods, and he wrote and directed the first two Avengers films. So, Joss Whedon returning to epic long form with The Nevers. Red light, green light. You said it's Victorian era, but it's sci-fi? Yes. Epic sci-fi. Hmm. Yeah, I'm going to green light it. I like the Victorian. Andy, explain it to Jeff. Yeah. No, no, it's fine. Why are you confused, Jeff? Uh, just Victorian, <laughs> Victorian era and sci-fi just don't seem like they go well together. Um, go back to your Doctor Who and Lady Vastra and what's her name there? Yep, that one. Go Boom! back to that one. Yeah, but Doctor Who's more about time travel, so I don't know. If Ooh, which is what? Like, like D&D stuff? <laughs> it's, it's sci-fi, man. I mean, I'll still I probably... Gr- I, I'm still going to green light it. I just... Sci-fi all starts in the Victorian area, era. Oh, no, you didn't. Did. <laughs> so you're thinking like Jules Verne, H.G. Wells, yeah. and uh, yeah, that's uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, the comic, the comic, yeah, the, com- <laughs> <laughs> the comic, the comic. Um, yeah, I'm green light because you know extraordinary powers. I just I like powers. Mm. Let's have some people with powers. Uh, yeah. he, he got me a group of women. So. It, you know. <laughs> Hashtag Canadian harem. Yeah, but Victorian. <laughs> you know, they're all uptight. They had that sexual hysteria. <laughs> Go to the doctor and he... Yeah, yeah, uh, we know. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, okay, green light. <laughs> all right, green light, green light, green light, green uh, light. Jeff? Yeah, I said green. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm he def- was befuddled, bemused. But green. But green. Okay. Definitely a green light for me. Befuddled, but bemused, but green. <laughs> I like it. I want to see the creative mind of Joss Whedon unleashed on an HBO series yeah. that he has control over. That sounds pretty terrific to me, just in general. And that's it. Did we? That's why. That's why I was peeking over your shoulder. We actually did. We actually make through through it all. No. Oh no. <laughs> well, what's left? No, I have two pages worth. Oh, let's keep going then. No. Come on. <laughs> this show is over. Ah. What do you think? Write to us, comments at uglycowshow.com. And until, that's what you were doing? Yeah. Until I next week. I thought we were going to make it through the whole, the whole pages for once. I didn't get through all the news. Oh. And until next week, I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander K. Fact-checked Andy.
Maple Leaf match. And we'll talk to you next week in Geek. Mm-mm-mm. I won't. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be here. What, you got more school to go to? No. Okay. All the editing I have to do for this show. What, what? editing? What? what editing? The show wrote itself. Yeah. You have no idea. It wrote itself or it rode <laughs> itself? It wrote itself. Rode hard and put away wet. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just like Andy in Iowa. Ha, ha, ha.